My name's Peter Rose. I'm the editor of Australian Book Review, and I'm joined now by two of the judges in this year's Peter Porter Poetry Prize. Lisa Gorton, who is poetry editor of Australian Book Review, and Luke Davies. Uh, their colleague on this year's judging panel, Kate Middleton, is in Sydney. Uh, but uh, Lisa and Luke, it's, uh, it's great to have you here in Poem of the Week. Uh, just briefly, Lisa Gorton, apart from being poetry editor of Australian Book Review, um, has won the Victorian Premier's Poetry Prize for her first book, Press Release. Like Luke, she is a recipient of the highly regarded Philip Hodgins Memorial Medal. Her second poetry collection is Hotel Hyperion. And last year, she published a novel called The Life of Houses. Luke Davies, who lives in the United States, published his first poetry collection when he was 20, back in 1982, Four Plots for Magnets. It's been reissued since. Interfere on Psalms, published in 2011, won the Prime Minister's Literary Award for Poetry. His 1997 novel, Candy, was filmed with much success by Neil Armfield in 2006. Welcome to you both. Uh, Lisa, if I can start with you. With such a, a large field, and we received almost 750 poems this year in the Porter Prize, with such a large field and a prestigious named prize of this kind, how did you go about judging the Porter Prize? The first thing we did in our first conversation was really remember Peter Porter. And I never met him, but Luke and Kate did meet him. And we talked a little bit about what he meant to us. And I think we did that because for the people who judge this prize, honouring Peter Porter is a big part of their reason for doing so. And, and that seems to me to be why this prize is judged um, with, with a kind of harmony and a, a great concern for maintaining its integrity. It's really a sense of um, loyalty to Peter Porter. So we talked about him, and then we started reading. We were each given a bundle of poems, and we were to choose about 10% of those for a long, long list, though we also had the right to read other people's stuff and choose from those, and we did do that this year. So we all read um, all the poems, and we got a long, long list, um, which we had for a while... Um, with us, and we each meditated on those separately, without really regard for who had put the poem on the short, on the long list in the first place. From that, we chose our favourites, and then we had a long list. And we met in Sydney for a long day, actually, and a really wonderful discussion, where we considered all those poems in turn. The prize is judged completely anonymously, so at no point did we have any idea of who had written what, and so we were really just talking about the poems um, on their own merit. When we had a shortlist, after about six hours of discussion, we again kept those with us separately for quite a long time before our final meeting today to um, come uh, carefully but, um, but hopefully towards a winner. I think sometimes judging panels can get a, a bad press. People might think that they approach the task pretty cursorily or, or subjectively. Having just sat in on your final meeting, I can attest to um, 
what, dif what difficult decisions they are to reach and the degree of uh, agonising and sort of responsibility uh, that goes, goes into the judging of a prize of this kind. Luke, of the 750 individual poems that we received, about 200 of them came from uh, many countries around the world, some from America, but also Europe and um, Africa and India. It was fantastic whenever we receive entries from elsewhere uh, in the world. You're an Australian poet living in the United States. Were you conscious of marked differences in... Um, subject matter or poetic styles? No, I thought that that might be the case. And in the reading of all the poems, as Lisa said, we chose, we didn't have to read all 750. We divided them up, but we chose to read all 750, I think, out of curiosity and diligence. Uh, I thought that that might be what would happen. And it, I didn't, apart from a few really specific instances where some kind of vernacular phrasing was so specifically American. They were the ones that I picked up, a handful of moments where I thought, oh, this, this has got to be an American poet. Uh, but no, in general, it gave me that sense that um, we are in an international arena of cross-fertilization and, uh, and, and influence, soak, soak, the soaking up of influences. And I didn't really spot what I thought I would spot, which is, this is clearly a British poem, this is clearly an American poem. There are a few instances where I was surprised to find that, ah, that's from there, not there. A question for both of you. Were there clear trends this year among the entries? That's an interesting one. I am not sure that there were. Possibly, in a way... We look for variety, I suppose. We try to. I think this is a prize where we're sort of trying to uh, value all kinds of different poetry aesthetics, and um, and there is a great variety of poems that come in. Therefore, I think for this one. So, in terms of sort of the philosophies of poetry, there there was a really widespread. Um, there are quite a lot of poems about love and death. With that. Be your perception too, Luke? Yeah, but that would be my perception of all poetry in, in history, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Didn't Yeats say there's just sex and death? <laughs> Not so much sex this year, though. No, oh, there was that's a, disappointing. Uh, but there are a few good... I mean, you can bet your bottom dollar that in, in, in 750 entries there are going to be a lot of really bad poems that are about relationship breakups, but uh, what was surprising were that there was a number of really strong and beautiful poems that clearly seemed to be hovering around that sort of realm of relationships gone bad. Some of them were really excellent and strong. Uh, Luke, like uh, Lisa and myself, you uh, revere the uh, poetry of, of Peter Porter. How well did you know Peter? I, uh, I don't know... <laughs> I mean, we, he was just incredibly generous to me, first of all, as uh, a young poet, younger poet, who sent him completely unsolicited uh, a messy manuscript that was to become my first proper book of poetry, my, my second book of poetry, if you include that one that was published when I was 20 years old, called Four Plots for Magnets. 
it's it's something that, as a matter of etiquette, I prob I would not do anymore, which is send a 120, 150-page manuscript to someone whose work you admire saying, hi, I really like you, can you have a look at this? <laughs> but I did it, and I received the most generous reply that took my stuff seriously and at the same time as it gently prodded about defects and problematic areas and made certain extremely gentle suggestions that had a, that had a strong effect. First of all, it was the most beautiful experience to receive a reply that engaged with a number of the poems directly and that just gave me encouragement. Um, and it was the beginning of a correspondence and um, on several occasions in the uh, subsequent years, we met for a coffee or a meal when he was in uh, in Australia. And so I was not close to him, but I was uh, enamored of him or of the fact that he was willing to be so generous with a young, with a younger poet. I wasn't young. I was just younger. Uh, I, I was maybe in my early 30s when I sent that to him. And I told him the story of how in a in 10 or 15 years earlier of how I had once written him a letter from the depths of a really dark place in my life. For some reason, Porter represented someone who had escaped, merely because geographically he had escaped, and I needed to escape from this situation of addiction and so on that I was kind of trapped in. And I had known at 20, 18, 19, 20 years old, I'd known the local poetry circles in Sydney. It largely seemed like a bunch of really angry older people uh, at, that, at that time. And I didn't know anything about Porter. I just knew that I loved his poetry even during those dark years. And uh, so I'd written him this letter once, which I never sent and uh, lost completely. So jump forward many years and for some, and then I gathered together this manuscript that I'd been working on for so many years and the thought just struck me, why not, you know, and it was to care of the publishers in London. I didn't really expect to get a reply, but I did. When we hung around and had lunch and dinner, he was funny and engaging and uh, gently gregarious and, um, and uh, sharp and acute in his observations of of that world. I mean, he was a pure, he was pure poetry. He was nothing else but that, you know. And that uh, generosity uh, that you've spoken of, he extended to many, many poets. And, uh, and I think um, all of us miss that presence now at Cleveland Square in London. It was a strange thing to publish the first book after his death in 2010 because of those extraordinary detailed thoughtful, brilliant responses he would make. And I remember going up to um, uh, visit uh, Philip Hodgins not long before, weeks before Philip's death in 1995, and I took Peter up to, to see uh, Philip. And Philip was finalising a manuscript that would be his posthumous ones, Things Happen. And, and Peter sat there in the sun for about an hour reading it, and then he just talked to uh, uh, Philip in exactly the same, the same way, poem by poem. And very thoughtful, uh, thoughtful responses to them. We do revere uh, the work of of uh, Peter, and he was a, a delicious raconteur, marvelous friend, and a great contributor to this magazine. And that's why we uh, 
were delighted when the family uh, enabled us to rename the uh, ABR Poetry Prize after Peter following, following his death. And it's why we always precede the announcement of the Porter Prize winner at the ceremony with extended readings by various people of Peter Porter. And that Porter Prize ceremony will be held at ABR on uh, Wednesday the 9th of March. And we hope you can... Uh, you can come along. Um, both of you have won um, major prizes for, for poetry. I was struck last year when I interviewed our most recent Porter Prize winner, Judy Beveridge, when she said that of all the many prizes that Judy's won, this is the one that's generated the most comment among her circle, among other poets, the one that is, is noticed. How important do you think um, prizes are for for writers, especially maybe at the earlier in their career? They're extremely important. It's, it's a really obvious two-level thing in the cases of prizes that include a monetary component. It is in general, even the smallest prizes tend to be more than you would have earned in total for, the, for any kind of advance, if such a thing existed, or for the sales of the book itself. Um, but that's a fleeting thing, or that's a that's more temporary than the uh, becoming more visible in uh, a world in which there's so much factional factionalism and hard scrabble that it's just nice to be recognised by a supposed group of peers and uh, given a sort of validation and encouragement that um, spurs spurs you on to to keep striving. Yeah. Lisa? Yeah, I have been... I felt very lucky uh, to win prizes, and sometimes I've felt so lucky that, in a sense, I had to earn them retrospectively because I, I felt... So for me, it was a kind of help to keeping on working and trying to get better, I suppose. Um, because I guess um, sometimes when you're writing, quite a lot of the time when you're writing, uh, it can feel as though you might be delusional and it might not be real. And uh, you, might, uh, you might be taking yourself more seriously than, uh, than is justified. And I suppose so there's something always precarious about writing. And I suppose um, a prize signals a recognition from a group, group of people. And I've been very lucky that when I've won prizes, I've felt... Um, a great respect for the judges and so it was a very it felt good for that reason really as well as obviously the the financial help that it gives one of the um, uh, uh, important features of the Porter Prize as has been remarked by many people David Maloof included is that all the shortlisted uh, poems are published in the magazine um, and then a winner is is chosen um, for the next month, the five shortlisted poems in the 2016 Peter Porter Poetry Prize will be available to people to speculate about who's going to win it. Uh, they appear in the March issue of Australian Book Review, and obviously everyone is most welcome to attend the Porter Prize ceremony at ABR's office in South Bank in Melbourne uh, on the 9th of March. Meanwhile, I'll thank you both very much for co-judging the award this year and for joining us at Palm of the Week. Thank Thanks, you. Peter. Thank you.